Greetings, everyone. It's episode 488 of Aussie Tech Heads. It's the 19th of May, 2016. I'm Glenn Goodman, and we have got a good show for you tonight, or this this week, or whenever you're listening to us. We have uh, heaps of stories, actually. Uh, well, I have. I uh, don't know about the co-host here tonight, but uh, we'll see what we can what he can rummage up. He's a, it's not Eric. It's someone else. A surprise for everyone, but uh, not really. It's uh, Will. Hey, Will. Hey mate, how you doing? Good, thanks. What have you been up to? Working oh, man, hard? I've been absolutely flat out at work. That's the way, lifting all those heavy batteries. Uh, that and then trying to figure out what's going on with our website. Well, you know, that's what happens when you um, pay monkeys. You let, that's what happens when you let marketing experts touch your website. <laughs> that's right. All right, thanks to, uh, or in speaking of websites, uh, which you, oh, I think you have got it hosted through us, but not built by us. So that's why you've got problems. But you can... no, The one that was built by you worked perfectly fine. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, it did, didn't it? Yeah, it, they, they didn't it like works it. fine, but they didn't like it because they didn't have they they couldn't you know mess mess it up. Mm. They didn't want to um, they didn't like the shopping cart that that they couldn't put into it or something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It's uh, these things happen when you ha- do a handover of a web page. It's up to up to the client, but anyway, it is still hosted with us, and for that we are. Grateful Will, and you can host your own website with us as well at athwebhosting.com.au. It's an Aussie service based in Sydney, and if you're looking for a blog or a shopping cart, nice, easy shopping cart to install in, I don't know, a few clicks, maybe under 10, uh, just, yeah, log in, a blog, three clicks, I think you can install a blog, a couple of words and three clicks, and you'll be right. A lot of people have done it, so it mustn't be too hard. All right. Uh, thanks to, yes, ATH Web Hosting and also Tune In Radio, Aussie Tech Radio. Search up for Aussie Tech Radio in the Tune In Radio app and you'll find 24-7 wall-to-wall, back-to-back Aussie and New Zealand podcasts to listen to. How's that? Don't even have to subscribe or anything. They just come through live like they're live, but they're recorded. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, uh, you can also get us on the Facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads and YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads. And uh, follow us at on Twitter at Mr. Tomkinson or the show at Aussie Tech Heads or me at Glenn Goodman. All right, other shows that came out this week include Aussie Max Zone, another great show from the guys Michael and Garth there, and the Aussie Tech Security, which will be, have another show next week, and Obsidian Loft and Old Fart Geeks in a... Summary wintery hiatus, Will. Uh, we are planning on doing it, but um, uh, Warlocks had to move. So He's moved again. Yeah, the show that we had planned to do. Um, we literally almost sat down to record it, and they had to like pretty much move as we were about to do that. Right. So, oh, jeez. Uh, so, a- yeah, so it is, it is still something that's going to happen, but now we've got to wait till he gets internet where he is. <laughs> oh, he loves moving. Still in Melbourne. He doesn't love moving. He actually hates it, but you know, he you do it. what you got to do. He secretly loves it. That's why he does it so often. <laughs> I think so. He does it all the time. <laughs> That's right. It's like some sort of moving fetish. Uh, so. I'll tell you what, speaking of moving, like when I was a kid, I remember I moved, I worked it out um, a few years ago. I worked out that in, in my seven years of school, I moved 14 times. That's a few. <laughs> I think I moved. And then I, I probably yeah. moved 14 times since then as well. Yes, I think I moved once when I was at school. It's uh, something we didn't like doing either. Where's your sense of adventure? Well, that's true. I've got it now. All right. Uh, listen, let's uh, go, first of all, to some emails. Well, to a email. The, the one of the week, we'll call it. Now, it's from our good friend Milo. He wants to know, 
now. What's he doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Question for the show. He wants, he's got a four-year-old PC. Is it worth upgrading it or not? Uh, does he go for a pre-built PC from from the likes of PC Case Gear? Like the Venom or something. The Venom, that sounds like a beast of a machine, doesn't it? Uh, with a 980 GTX, minimum 32 gigs of RAM. He's doing. He's trying to get a new PC for Christmas, so he's putting it in the pipeworks now. Uh, any tips and thoughts? Would love Will's suggestions. Well, oh, let me give you my suggestion. Upgrading a four-year-old PC... Oh geez, no! It's going to be a full total upgrade. I don't think you're going to. Depends on what it was to start with. Yes. If it was already an i7, where are you going to go? A, a new generation i7. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like if mm. it's, if it was if four years ago if it was a top end system, you're not really going to get that much benefit out of that side of it. You're better looking at um, video cards and stuff. But in terms of the actual PC performance, you're not going to go a heck of a lot faster because this system i've got now is probably uh two and a half three year old and mm. there's really only like two cpus on the chart above this cpu and this is like three years old okay so, i think there's yeah look milo i think yeah that's probably will has got a good point there i think you can look up if you just google cpu benchmark tests uh you'd be able to get that i'm not sure they're, they're everywhere if you googled that you'd find them there's got a lot of graphs and everything and you just go down the cpu list find tom's hardware is usually the go-to for that sort of stuff oh yeah but there is another one that's uh that sort of comes up in my google searches all the time uh, let me see if i can find it here hang on let me see but, if i mean I it depends entirely it. on what you're doing with it too if you just i mean if you're building a hardcore system to play the latest games that have come out and you're going to be doing you know Maximum resolution on a you know forty inch um, you know four K monitor with you know you know crossfire across four video cards and you're streaming it at you know which you can't do anyway because the internet's crap but you know what I mean like if you're doing something like that then yeah okay fine throw the whole thing out buy a new one because effectively you're going to be spending you know four grand on your system if you only want to you know if you only want to do games that are a few years old now anyway and you just want to have a bit of fun and you want to do a little bit of video editing and stuff like that, well, a four-year-old system with a decent amount of memory and a video card and a good hard drive, like an SSD hard drive, is going to be fine. Yeah, now I've just put up a... I'm not sure if you can see that, Will. Can you see the... Hmm. But the, the web page is cpubenchmark.net. So, um, look, that's got every, every, just about, you would think every CPU that you'd ever want to see in your life would be there. And um, it would rate it. It rates them from, yeah, the, the slowest to the fastest. So I'm sure yours will be on the list. And if, look, if what's out, as Will said, if what's out now is like worth the money, worth you upgrading to something better uh, that's faster, yeah, yeah, go and do it. But uh, yeah, maybe if, if you've got a decent machine to start with, yeah, yeah, graphics card, um, some RAM. If you if you know if you if you're low on RAM, you pro- what would you recommend for yeah, well, RAM? I mean, you probably you, you probably find memories come out. So like, probably depending on how good your board was to start with, you maybe DD three DDR three RAM. You might only have DDR two in it, so maybe an upgrade in RAM, faster speed, um, and you know go to sixteen or thirty two gig, buy a couple of eight gig sticks, something like that. They're cheapest chips these days. You might as well. But normally, uh, if you had to upgrade your RAM. From DDR2, that that's a new board, pretty much. Depends. Depends on the board. Depends. Some, a lot of the time, they use an upper end board, and at the time, you go, you think go back four years, and DDR2 RAM was, you know, a quarter the price of DDR3. 
So a lot of the time they just put the DDR2 RAM because it's cheaper. But I mean, and all the time, all you need is a BIOS upgrade on your board, and you can upgrade the CPU and the memory. But isn't um, the, isn't the DDR2 different physical? Got the slots? Not in it? D- sorry, not DDR. DDR3 and is it three and four or three and? Well, there is a four out. There's a four. Because there's like I think the D, is it? I can't remember now. Is it like six? 1600 megahertz or something was the standard and then you can get like 18, 22, 24. Oh, yes. So it's still in the, the same... The clock speed, sorry. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I see what you're saying. Yes, that's right. So, yes, yeah, you have a look at your motherboard specs, see what the fastest clock speed is for the RAM and then go yeah. and buy that. Um, that makes a big difference, especially in um, video editing and, and things like that. You do really notice it. SSD upgrade is a great upgrade mm. if you want instant speed. Mm. An SSD hard drive. I mean, I've only got a... I think I've got a... I think I've got a uh, 256 in this, which is fine because I put my operating system on it. I put, say, the four games I play most on it and other games I play, I just put on my normal hard drive. All my storage or media goes on my normal hard drive. Hmm. Um, and it makes a huge difference just having that SSD. Well, that's what I've found. I've done this pr- pretty much the same thing, except I, instead of putting the games on, I put, you know, Office and all the stuff that I use. Yeah. And, like, I, look... My look, you go to a mechanical boot drive, probably what you'd boot Windows 10 in oh, 30 seconds to 45 seconds or something. Uh, but with an SSD, like mine boots in like probably under 10, under probably yeah. seven. Well, this one here, I just, boot. Up, I just reinstalled Windows on the weekend and I threw a normal hard drive in so I could copy some files across and did a quick install on that. The install on my standard hard drive on Windows 7 to do the install from the time I started to the time of the first boot was like 35 minutes mm. um, on my admittedly that was only a 5400 oh Western Digital Black Drive yeah that is smoke alarm my lithium charger um, but once I put the SSD in I did a full fresh install in about uh, six minutes seven minutes yeah SSDs are the are the bomb and you know like a 256 what Samsung SSD, like you can get those things for probably what one hundred and twenty dollars or something. Yeah, not even MSY. I was looking at the new. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what I'm running in mine actually. The new version of mine. Um, and I, the, I have a quick look. Yeah, I suppose. Like, and and after all that, after all, you you get your all your hardware <clears> and stuff going. Uh, don't forget to just to make sure that your operating system sixty four bit. Uh, yeah. You don't want to languish with Windows 10 32-bit, okay? I did that by accident. I accidentally put 32-bit on the first install the other day. Dull. <laughs> yeah, so you can go for something like a, um, well, even even like a, a SanDisk Ultra too, which is what I'm running. Um, am I running that? I think I'm running that on the other computer actually. Hmm. But you're looking at you know a 250-gig hard drive. You're looking at 99 bucks. You go for a a Samsung drive. Um, I mean, they do two terabyte SSDs now. They're yeah. expensive, eight hundred bucks. But they're, they're, you know, if you really want storage, you want fast storage. That's why I do it. But the um, Kingston HyperX Furies for a two hundred and forty gig drive is hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. They're insanely fast drives. The Intel, the Intel um, drives are pretty quick. You know, so they've really come down. And actually, they they they're getting to the point now where, as I said, they're almost feasible as a, a bulk storage drive now too, because the two, a one and two terabyte drives are available. Now, just uh, for the for the viewers, the listeners, where where was that those prices from, Will? Oh, that's MSY. So they will look if you haven't got an MSY near you, they do mail order. They do, and so, okay, okay, their customer service sucks. Yes, 
and their website is atrocious. But they're cheap. But they're really cheap, and they pretty much always got in stock. Mm. And look, if you can't, if you don't really get um, get your rocks off with MSY, you could probably try umart.com.au and their mail order as well. I find that their service may be a little bit better. At least they answer the phone. Maybe maybe your umart, not the one near me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Milton, they answer. Uh-huh. Maybe Half the time, you, yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually been, been to the Milton one. Half the time, you actually go there and the store's shut because they're off for coffee or something. Ah, oh, everyone's got to have a coffee. <laughs> well, so bad. You're not paying for the customer service. You're paying... Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're just paying for the thing. And also, look, I hope that's answered some of your, your questions there, Milo. Uh, yeah, so basically, in the day, maybe the first thing you do if you want a better video card, the first thing I'll do is look at your power supply and make sure you've got a suitable power supply, 650 watts, something like that, in a thermal take or a good quality supply. Um, your case will be fine. It, it's, it's, it's not going to be a problem. Maybe look at going two video cards or one high-end video card, even a really good quality video card these days, like an 8-gig, um, oh, sorry, a 4-gig Sapphire Nitro or something like that. That's only 200 bucks now, which is insane. Do you still, um, do, you still do those crossfires, whatever they call yeah, it? Yeah, I do. Look, I'll show you mine. I'll show you mine. Show me yours. If you look, uh, it's probably a bit dark, but I've actually got... Um, do I have a torch that I can reach easily? Is there dust on that video card? Live TV. You should have seen it before I cleaned it. Hang on, let me just turn my <laughs> Cleaned it with see? a uh, nice abrasive cloth. So you can see I've got four, I've actually got four video cards. And then I've got my X5, which is my sound card. So there's a video card below that, and then there's three other video cards there. So mine are all, I've got four cards in this system. I've got water cooling, um, and I've got... Nice. I've got fans on my on my RAM. I like um, the blue lights. That's the yeah. best thing in there. I've got my <laughs> SSD tucked away in there with my four other hard drives and nice, nice stuff. But yeah, then um, my radiators for my coolings are currently on top of the case because it lives on the side, but the side's not on at the moment. So obviously, you can't go there. Sweet. Okay. Now, um, yeah. So the short answer is, it really comes down. Think about what you want to do and how you want to approach it. Um, and you know, you don't. More often than not, you're not, unless you're doing something insane, and even if you were, I would custom build a system, not buy a pre-built one, because you can never get specs on a pre-built one that is going to be what you want. That's right. you got to custom build. Now, look, we'll, we'll, we'll finish off with that, because he has got another part, part two of the question. Um, ask Will if he had a letter. This is re-MBN Will. Ask him if, if you had a letter giving a time frame for when they put the box outside your house. He got a letter earlier this year the 6th of January to 28th of June, now one another letter come and said between the 8th of June and 25th of October. So did you have problems like that when you got your MBN, different times of installs? And I didn't get a letter. Mine was just on the wall one day when I come home. Well, there you go, Milo. You're one step ahead of Will. Will wasn't even advised. I, according, to, um, according to a lot of the rollout sheet, rollout sites, I, we still don't have the MBN here. Sweet, nice, <laughs> so, excellent. Yeah, excellent. I take absolutely no notice at all of anything that has to do with the NBN. It'll be there the when it's there. On your wall. The day the box is on your wall, ring up and get it. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, okay, let's move on to some stories. Now, look, here's one here that is probably uh, good to put in the back of your mind. JB Hi-Fi is in talks with the good guys. What does this mean? Now, JB Hi-Fi is in talks to acquire uh, the good guys. So this is very interesting because... You know, every time I go into the good guys, unfortunately, the store's pretty empty. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not... Oh, really? Yeah, up here it is. Well, they're sort of not in a shopping centre. They're a bit of a... Just outside of a shopping centre. There's a JB in the shopping centre. There's, you know, there's 
things around. But uh, I've got a credit with the good guys from a broken TV that I that they gave me credit for on one of these extended warranties. And every time I go into JB, because I'm not ready to buy the TV yet, it's only got a black line across right at the top, you know, and it doesn't really bother me. And so we're still using the TV, but they've given this credit, and I thought, I oh, will do it one day. But every time I walk in and it's so quiet, I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to get rid of that credit, you know, because you don't, you don't want things happening like with Dick Smith and all this exactly. sort of stuff. So anyway, if you, yeah, if you guys have got a credit with the good guys, maybe have a little bit of think of, bit of thinking about what you're going to do with it. So the Good Guys is traditionally known as the home appliance retailer. The uh, the Australian company also sells a range of PCs and accessories from the likes of HP, Acer, Asus and Lenovo. The Good Guys is also an Apple premium reseller. Uh, JV Hi-Fi announced its plans to expand into the connected home market in February 15, taking on rival uh, Harvey Norman. So JB Hi-Fi expects to have 179 stores in Australia by the end of 2016 financial year, including 58 home stores. Yes, so now, yes, I thought the good guys were actually franchises. Uh, I'm not sure if that's uh, the same. The I knew about were, but... I think, but that's like saying Domino's is franchise. There still are corporate-owned stores, and the, at the end of the day, the corporation still owns the licensing. Mm. So if they, can, they can sell that to someone else. But I don't know if Fair Trade Commission is going to get involved in that because if JB and and um, what's the name get together, yeah. good guys get together. Um, you really, what's that leaving? R.T. Edwards, Harvey Norman. Hardly normal. Yeah, but good guy. Well, Demain. no, hardly normal. Not really, because they don't really do. Oh, well, I guess they've got their. They, but they do beds and lambs and all sorts of other stuff. But, but Harvey Norman doesn't, doesn't do, do cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, neither do neither do JB do. I guess good guys don't really either. Not too good bad. Guys, I mean, they're cheaper than Harvey Norman, but good guys and Arthur Edwards and stuff are all about the same price. And then JB's that little bit cheaper. Mm. Well, look, I've, I've got. An, I'm just talking about department stores i just want to do this other one just quickly uh will and then you can have a have a shot it's uh harvey norman now has been caught using a kogan screen i don't really uh, know what the big hubbabaloo is about it but probably because they don't sell Kogans. They're cheaper than their own. <laughs> yeah but well yeah well, well, that, really have, see how actually it's really weird harvey norman's one of the last major retailers that doesn't as far as i know don't have their own branding yeah even, yeah well like, even good guys have the gba or whatever it is Yes, yes. Well, look, I'll, I'll tell you tell you what tell the story so people who go, what are you talking about? Uh, so they know. So anyway, uh, Rosalind Kogan, who owns the Kogan, has posted a video on Twitter showing he must have it was either sent to him or he's walked into a Harvey Norman store, and uh, you know, lo and behold, Kogan TV up there. You know, like with the the demo, like you know, doing a product demo or something like that. But there could be a hundred different reasons why that's there. It could be the TV could be owned by the actual product that they're demoing. Um, yeah. So, but anyway, so anyway, Ruslan is he's posted this video on Twitter showing Harvey Norman store using a Kogan branded screen to display uh, for display in one of its stores. He said the video was taken in Melbourne's Queen Street Victoria store and asked how long it would ta- would take for the monitor to be removed after his tweet. Now, I've got the tweet there and the monitor. Now, he, uh, Kogan and Harvey Norman found, uh, yeah, Jerry Harvey. Now, apparently, I didn't know this, but they've been having a bit, a few pot shots at each other over the time since about 2010. Yeah, since it started, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I didn't know that they were, because I think Jerry's big beef is 
the same as it's always been is that he's he's saying that well Kogan's got an advantage because of this under ten thousand uh, no GST import rule. But well, it's under a thousand. Uh, it's under a thousand, but uh, but it doesn't matter. Like if he sells a bear, a, a phone, or he sells a kettle, this is Kogan. If he sells yeah. whatever, he's still got to charge GST. To charge. I mean, but the thing is, it's kind of like a crap because he's going to pay it because he's not going to bring in a kettle. He's going to bring in. A container of kettle. Yes. So, so it's going to be paying more than a thousand anyway. Yeah, and I think you will find, like, if you if you've frequented Kogan's site, you can, you know, you buy the cheap TVs. And look, I'm not saying I'm not don't even look. I'm not even sure how good the TVs are. I'm, I assume they're okay. From what I hear, they're not bad. Yeah. Yep. My nephew's got one. He's had it like three years and it's still going. So it's better than my Samsung. I've had my Samsung three years and it's just about dead. So what's that tell you? Yeah. Well, look, I've got an Audi one and a median. And Median, it's, yeah. it's been—it's a little forty centimeter. It's been going for a, a long time too. It's outlasted a few of the. It's outlasted an LG and a Panasonic. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So uh, anyway, where was? Oh yeah, with the yeah. So you go on the Kogan side. If you look at the Kogan side, they might you might have a TV, you know, fifty inch, five hundred bucks. But you'll see, well, deliveries in four weeks. Um, Fifty-five inch LED TV, five hundred bucks. Thank you very much. Oh wow, that's even better. But, <laughs> I'm just looking now. but sometimes that he goes well. The delivery's in four weeks yeah, because he's right. got to get so many customers to say pre buy. Well, he, he's pre buying, so he can go. Okay, yeah. if we can get five hundred people to buy this TV, I can get it for this price and give it to you for this price. So yeah. we'll bring it in. But yeah, so I think that's how he works. But anyway, so uh, Kogan. Kogan also, and I haven't seen this, I've got to go and look this up, but Kogan even has a Harvey Norman vs. Kogan page on its website, claiming its direct model and online business model means it can pass on savings to customers, which is pretty much... Yeah, the other thing I like that, that they have as well is they have an app that actually works on your phone. Kogan? Yeah. Oh, look, it's pretty good. Look, I, I wouldn't mind trying a TV, uh, or I, I don't well, even know anyone the, with one. I'm just looking at the TVs now, and yeah, 55 inch, using a Samsung panel. Um, Does it say H- Samsung panel, or you just yep, know that? No, it says for Samsung panel. Full HD 1080p, personal video recorder, so it's got PBR, Visa mount, capable, so it's wall metal, HDMI with time shift, 500 bucks. So the problem with the median from Audi, the one that I bought, is, look, I, I like it, it's bright, it's clear, it's full HD, all this sort of business, but it must be a low megahertz, because when you're watching the sport or something, yeah, it is blocking. Get that refresh rate, yeah. Yeah. I might do the same thing. It's just a low, 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 low refresh rate. But I wonder, like, does it, does that move across to the Kogan range? Like, is this low refresh rate? Not if it's, not if it's full 1080, it's going to be, it's going to be high. Mm. Because they've got a 55-inch Aurora 4K LED TV with an LG panel. Running a Google Android Smart TV, 4K resolution, Android 4.4, for 800 bucks. Yeah, look. To me, look at this point in <laughs> at time. At this point, no, no, there's no point getting 4K. But I'm just saying, like the same thing in and out, like because it's using, it's basically a rebadged LG. You can look at it, and it looks exactly the same as the equivalent LG TV. And yeah. it's 800 bucks, and the LG one's 1400. So it's like. Mm. But can you, like, would, would you, are you prepared to stump up 800 for a punt? Well, it's the same warranty. It's yeah. got same everything mm. from what I can tell. Like, I mean, oh. are you prepared to, last? the last two LG things I've bought have died a day after the warranty or a week after the warranty. So, I mean, for $1,400 on a, on a LG or $800 on a Kogan, which actually has a better warranty than the LG anyway. The only LG TV that hadn't died 
at my house is the the bloody standard HD one. No, <laughs> I don't. There's nothing in this house. I, I have all of LG stuff. I had LG. I had a stereo. I had LG refrigerator. I had LG TV. We had an LG. Um, oh, two or three other LG things. I can't think off the top of my head. And we only lived at the other house at Camera for three years. And in that three year period, every single LG appliance we had died. Mm, they don't make them like they used to, and that's that's the thing. Like, yeah, so that's so true. But you go out, you you spend your five hundred, you think, okay, less quality, blah blah blah. It might not last me as long, but as Will just said, like the the top brand might only last you five years anyway. And so, if the top brand lasts you um, five years, say the cheap brand lasted two and a half years, you buy two of the cheap one within the same time frame. Yeah. So, and just yeah. to give you an idea as well, like they're doing Samsung. Phone, we're doing all sorts of phones, but just as an example, the Samsung, let's go to the Samsung, uh, here we go, the Samsung Galaxy Note 5. Where's this on, the, Kogan? This is Kogan. The Samsung Galaxy Note 5 with the dual SIM card, the 4G with the 32 gig version, so this lets you run two different, two different SIM cards from two different providers, is $799. The Samsung Galaxy Note 5 locked to Telstra or Optus is fourteen hundred in in their stores. Yeah, that's five hundred six eight hundred six hundred dollars cheaper than in store. So well, why can they do that? <laughs> because they don't want to. Yeah, look, look, I had, I had an issue with Telstra through the week. Hopefully, I got it sorted. Do you want to hear about it, or are you sick of hearing about Telstra issues? Is that unusual? Like, is there ever is there not a Telstra issue? <laughs> I'll tell you well, quick. we can't use the FPOS at work because Telstra won't hand over enough. We've got problems in, in Brisbane at the moment with uh, Optus network, but mm. it's caused by Telstra. Because when Telstra screwed up their network a couple of weeks ago, they pulled some of the nodes back and they took some of Optus's bandwidth. So now a lot of Optus services aren't working because Telstra's taken back the, the towers. Yes, well, the, the, the hard line, well, let me let me quick. I'll I'll make it really brief because we've got a few stories to get through. So, but anyway, I, I in August when I moved house, I recently I recontracted with broadband, mobile phones, uh, and uh, and the like. Uh, everything was out of contract, so I recontracted everything. So, okay, so we I negotiated. You know, I said, okay, I don't want the terabyte. I want a five hundred gig. I want this taken off. We so we can negotiate a price and the, and the contract. So anyway. Uh, just the other day, like eight months into the contract, they sent me a letter. Uh, oh, we've discovered that you've got ineligible discounts on your account. So they're going to be removed. But uh, look, to get, make you get used to it, we'll just give you another month of those discounts, but then they're going to get removed. And so I thought, so I rang them up. I'm thinking, well, you've broken the contract. So I said, well, hey, you guys just broke the contract. Uh, so I, I want to cancel all my products and I'll go elsewhere. <laughs> and they yeah. go, yeah. And um, so anyway, you can't do that. And I said, why? I said, you've broken a contract. And they said, well, no, you've got to pay the phones out if you move. And I said, well, no, you've broke the contract first. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, they tried to weasel and wubsle and whatever. And so at the end of the day, end of story, I just said to him, look, finally got onto an Australian. And look, disconnections. So you can't get onto an Australian now if you want to do a complaint. But if you want to disconnect, you get through yep. to an Australian. So yep. just a little tip. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, uh, I said to him, at the end, I said, listen, mate, I said, I've been on the phone now to two Indians for probably about an hour each. Now to you, I said, for about, what, 40 minutes, I said, ring me back. At the end of the day, I don't care what you have to do to that account, but you do whatever you have to do, but I'm not paying any more. 
okay? You take this off, put that on, do this, whip this around here, squish that over there, but I'm not paying any more. That's the contract. That's what we signed up for. So go and listen to your tapes. And uh, so apparently they come back and said, yeah, we'll do it. I don't know what they did. I don't care what they did, but they'll do it. Yep, that's it. He's got to know your rights. Yeah, so, and, and, and in that... Oh, that leads me into another story, Will. So I promise you, you're going to have a good go after this one. Oh, screw you, hippie. I'm going home. <laughs> it's, uh, two Telstra name servers went down. I don't know if yeah. anyone noticed. Did it impact you? No? Uh, in a roundabout kind of way, it did. Yep. Okay. Well, the- that's what I'm saying. That's part of the reason Optus. We're having trouble with Optus through our, with our FPOS machines. So the two Telstra name servers used by customers for the do- domain resolution, uh, ns1telstra.net and NSO. .telstra.net, not that you'll probably really care two flying pigs if what, what they are. But anyway, they went offline just after 8 o'clock this week, or one of the nights through this week. Now, domain name system services are back, are used to look up and point client systems to the correct IP address. So if you type in google.com, the domain name server says, okay, google.com lives at um, whatever, wherever it is uh, in number form and sends it to that computer. So that went down. So you type in google.com. There's no... Well, that's the uh, Google domain. That's the Google DNS. Yeah, if you were savvy, like Will, he would have just changed it from Telstra DNS to Google that's DNS. <laughs> but anyway, uh, that just went down. So I thought that was interesting. They have got problems everywhere, Telstra. I, t- I tell you what, if, if I'm gonna, I won't go into it now because it's long, complicated, and drawn out. But uh, we have a, one of our customers who is one of the senior Telstra. Um, I guess you could call him a manager. That's not really a description, but of the area. And uh, he said, look into what Telstra has just done over the last few weeks. And the short story is basically they thought NBN, they thought NBN was enabled in certain districts. So they pulled all the copper out of the exchange. Sweet. And then went, ah, NBN hasn't been put on here yet. (laughs) (laughs) So there's like 100 techs working around the clock to re try and find out where about twenty thousand or thirty thousand pairs are supposed oh, to be plugged into because nothing was labelled; it was just all reefed out of the wall. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear! But apparently, it's happened like two or three dozen times over the last six months. Now they go, "Oh yeah, NBN's in that area. It's been the eighteen months. We've got to pull the copper out now." Oh, wait. <laughs> Dolt. <laughs> Put those back in, will you? Yeah. And look, it's it's hard work, isn't it? Like, I don't know why this is so hard. It's hard being it's, management. Yeah, it is. Well, Telstra's big, but, geez, I tell you, they need to step it up a bit. They're losing it again. They they came good for a while, but now no, they're they losing didn't. it. They never came good. They were just the best of the bat of the bunch. Yeah. Just that everyone was worse. It made them look good. Probably. Probably. All right. Uh, Will, have, have a go. Tell us some news, please. All right. Well, one, speaking of um, internet, I suppose we'll stick with that. Um, the Netflix, as we know, is coming to Australia and it's big and better and blah, blah, blah. But they launched their own simple speed test to prove how slow Australia's internet really is. Um, from what I can gather, they're actually data logging this and they're cataloging it. Um, you can go to fast.com, F-A-S-T.com. And, I mean, of course, you can also go to speedtest.net, which is what everyone uses, but fast.com is just a simple, easy way to do it. You literally go to the website and it gives you your speed. Hmm. Um, they do, on that, on that site, on fast.com, they do actually also... Link ref- the speed test. Yes, refer you to speed test, just to double check. I actually like... Um, I have to look up the one I normally use. I can't think off the top of my head. Um, it's like speed, speed my or something. Is that an Australian um, one? 
No, but what it does, instead of just testing, because speed, speedtest.net, all it does is basically test your burst speed. So most internet connections have a burst rate and then a standard rate. A burst rate's the first, I don't know, 50 meg or however they set that particular internet connection up. And speed test doesn't really download enough data to get out of that burst mode. So your speed is artificially raised. With this other one that I, I have a complete blank about, it actually continually runs the test until it receives a constant speed. So it gets over that burst rate and then it settles down into what your speed actually is. So you might, I might, on that test, I come up with like 125 meg burst sometimes. Mm. But my actual constant speed is like 80, which you know is still enough. But you notice the difference. Like if you're on ADSL, um, actually, I did it at Evans Head at my in-law's place and they're on ADSL 1 just. Um, and according to speed tests, they get 1 meg down and 0.25 up. Wow. According to this other one, they actually get... Um, they actually get this about... Not, this is not called dslreports.com. DSL reports, that's the one, yeah. Forward slash speed test. Yeah, I've just got yeah. that up on the screen that's now. The one, yeah. um, and according to this one, when you actually do get past that burst rate, they've actually got 750k down and 64k up. Right, right. <laughs> is their speed that they get. <laughs> and she wonders why she can load up Facebook and then go and make a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> It's hopeless, isn't it? Well, there's Speaking some... of internet, yours has just exploded too. Mine exploded? What happened? Uh, you're like one frame an hour. Oh, that's okay. As long as you're, you're coming through to me nice and clear, Will. That's the main thing. Um, so, yeah, so they're doing that. And the reason they're basically doing it is because um, they're getting sick of people complaining that they can't stream. Yeah. They can't stream their service. So what's happening is they're sending people to this site and they're data logging all the results and they're putting together... Um, they're putting it all together and compiling it and they're going to send it to the telecommunication ombudsman and go, hey, this is what's going on. You know, you're mm. destroying our business because you're unable to provide a service. Um, yeah. And so apparently it's actually going, it actually looks like that this is, might actually end up being a good thing. Um, but what's the ombudsman going to do? Like, well, seriously? No, but the, them themselves won't, but they Pressure. have the power to look into it and to investigate it and to actually... But- at least make the like because what they're saying is um, in the state of in that report for the fourth quarter of 2015, Australia came in 48th in the world with an average connection speed of 8.2, um, an average connection speed of 8.2 down. And when the the thing they're complaining about is they're like, we've got the oh, we've got the ninth fastest 4G network too. Uh, we currently sit 20th in the world when it comes to overall coverage of the 4G. Um, South Korea, which is top of the category, uses given access to 4G network 97% of the time. Um, but what they're saying is, okay, look, instead of having this thing that they do at the moment where they're saying, you could get up to you know, 100 meg mm. a second. Yeah. What they're pushing for is you actually are going to get this particular speed or worse. This is the top speed mm. you can expect to get. Because, yes, theoretically, they could. the way things are written at the moment, I'm on fiber to the premises. They could say, hey, you're capable of getting a 1,000 meg a second. Well, yeah, I'm capable yes, of it. Yes, but you're not doing it. But Rem- I can never actually get it. Remember in the old days, I'm going back to the old days, dial-up, old days. Uh, you know, you, you, bought, you went out and you bought your snazzy new oh, 14.4 modem or 20... 14.4, <laughs> yep. Yeah, or 28.8 or... Oh, fi- yeah, fi- but it had to be external because, you know, your computer couldn't power it if it was internal. Well, this is true, uh, but they the ISA slots couldn't cope with the bandwidth. 
But um, but back then, you know, you, you talk to Telstra or in their rules, in their contract or in whatever their agreement or whatever with the internet, they would only absolutely guarantee 2400 Yeah, because that's all uh, their servers, were, that's all their exchanges were using. Mm, but the back end. Yeah, but you can still squeeze 14 4 out of them. Well, I, I, know how I, used to, I used to host down in Swan Hill, I used to host a, um, in the, well, I used to help manage host an, an internet provider down there. We had server racks full of 56K modems. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's how it worked, isn't it? Yeah. We had yeah. a wall full yes. of them, basically, and there was a line coming to each one. Yes. What we figured out was we could actually load share these modems and we could put two lines coming into them because there was four, the two twisted pair in a cable. So we could literally split the twisted pair, put two lines coming into a 56 and have two 20, well, 28 effectively connections going out. So we only ever guaranteed, we had massive big things. We're the first person in the district to have 56K, you know, modems and blah, 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 blah. And then the fine print down the bottom was maximum expected delivery speed of 28. <laughs> <laughs> so we doubled, we doubled our load sharing simply by slicing our modems in half. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 fair enough. That's whatever. And then works. we we got around the the management of it back when Pentium Pros became a thing. Oh, jeez. Um, if anyone's never seen a Pentium Pro, go and look it up. They're the most wicked looking CPU and cooler, but they had this awesome ability because they were so powerful. Like they were like two hundred megahertz or something. But because they were hugely powerful, you could actually run a there was actually a box designed for it called the buddy box and you could run three buddy boxes on this system which actually let you run four pcs effectively off this one cpu wow and uh it was like for when you're setting up internet cafes and stuff like that really cheap options so we could actually put one pc in the corner and we could run four isp terminals like internet cafe terminals and make money as if we had four terminals sitting there we're only using one penny and pro with a buddy box that's all right. It was the Pentium. No, it wasn't the Pentium Pro. It was it? Wasn't it the Pentium Two that came in flip chip perpendicular? Yeah, they had the they had the yeah. slot the slot load. But the neat part about those was they had flip chips, so you could put a standard CPU onto a flip chip, which stood it up. But when you ran it through a flip chip, you got past the overclocking because the flip chips had mechanical jumpers that you could change the clock speeds. So you could overclock <laughs> your CPU by using a slot loaded board with the with a socket seven, I think they were a CPU and a yeah, flip chip. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you you was into it from way back. Well, look, I just found a picture of the Pentium too. Oh, geez, I'm lucky I remember that. I do remember those. They sleep. and people got shafted because they were buying these these um, socket or these slot load Pentium twos that were actually Celeron processors, and all people were doing because the Celeron was exactly the same CPU, but it had two fifty six k front side bus instead of five twelve k, I believe. Mm. But um, the only difference was there was a resistor that was soldered across to tell the BIOS what the difference was. So what dodgy computer stores were doing was they were unresoldering this resistor and on post it showed Pentium 2 instead of Celeron. So they were selling these Pentium 2, you know, 1, one gigahertz systems that were actually Celeron systems which were half as fast. Mm. Cheeky buggers. <laughs> Cheeky buggers. Who did? That's just naughty, isn't it? Just, we never did that, but we do know people who were doing oh, it. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes. No, no. Okay. We, <laughs> we didn't because 
we were an authorised Intel distributor. Mm. And if we were caught doing that, it wow. Would that would yeah, no, look, I would actually believe you because it sounds like um, you know, if you're working, if a, a computer shop likes what they do, you know, like yeah. you're into parts, you're into building the PCs, you love it, you want to build the best you can, you don't do that sort of stuff. Like that's just dodgy stuff. That's that's someone who who's just in it to make money, not in it to make what a difference. What we did do though, <laughs> there was some things you would do to cut corners and even back then you had to because you're talking, you know, you got to think at that time, like if you had a Pentium Pro or a Pentium 2 system, you're talking a four and $5,000 PC. You know, and the difference between having, say, you know, back when the the Bigfoot hard drives were a thing, yeah. they were a thing because they were like they went to the five and a half inch bay. They were this massive drive, but they were cheap. But man, they vibrated and rattled and carried on. So <clears throat> a lot of people were turned off by them. But we did things, mounted those in different ways, like mounted them vertically and put rubber stoppers around them and stuff to make them quiet. But we. We never advertised that they were a Bigfoot. We never advertised they weren't. But because they were a lot cheaper than a standard equivalent 2-gig drive at the time, you could knock 500 bucks off the price of the system just by using a Bigfoot hard drive. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there were things you could do to cut corners that didn't actually affect the system. And then there were things that you'd cut corners that really did affect the system. Yeah, well, yeah, well, that's right. I remember, well, look, just really quick, just, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, you used to have the floppy drives. And um, I remember at the public library, we had the, the yeah. Apple computers to use. You're only allowed to use the single-sided discs in them yeah. because for some reason they thought that the second side, you flip it over, that side wasn't coated or something, and so it would scratch or damage the, the hard drive head. Bull. No, that or a lot of people thought that because that side was not used that it might get dusty and dirty and yeah look <laughs> and you you damage the try that poor little apple computer down at uh, the cool and gutter <laughs> public library we had people have discs you know in the ocean through yeah. say through um how how had they get in the ocean through um bullying <laughs> Yeah. speak and I'd seen it I'd seen these discs in the ocean covered in sand they'd come back stick them in the apple hard drive and be going quick 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 <laughs> sooner, sooner you know soon enough it'd go it'd go yeah. and it'd wipe all the dust off <laughs> yeah, all the sand That's and if right. you want to know what we're talking about too there's an really interesting um, thing about that if you just google um, if you google the the data density um, on a floppy versus a hard drive you can see how actually some dirt you can get away with having on a floppy drive. Um, the way the layers um, are, are spaced apart, hmm. um, they're so much finer. You know, like a, a floppy drive, really, the a bit of dust will, will sit on top of it. So when the heads come around, it'll literally just it'll get rid of it. Right. You know, because the, the dust actually can't get into the groove of the... Yeah, drive. but I know I can't find that that a graphic for that. But uh, look, I know with the the hard drives these days they're all in a sealed unit, you know, so the dust can't yeah. get in. But apparently, what does get in is smoke. Like yeah, if, because if, they're not sealed. Yeah, but hard, the, the dust won't. Well, hard drive's not a. Whoops, knocked the microphone. Hard drive's not a sealed unit. If you ever have a hard drive and you don't do this to a hard drive that works, because yes, this will actually not kill your drive. It will work perfectly fine, but I don't recommend it. We have one at tape. We took this cover off, put Perspex cover over. It looked cool. But if you've actually got a hard drive and you take, usually it's under the motherboard, um, there's a, like a perforated sort of cottony sort of sticker 
if mm-hmm. you peel that back, there's actually a cardboard cartridge air filter in there. These aren't drived. These aren't hermetically sealed. These are open to the air. And the reason is so they don't get condensation if you go from hot to cold environments. Mm. Hard drives are, are perfectly, they're air breathers. So smoke and dust and smoke particles and um, general pollution and things like that will get into these and they will tarnish them, which is why hard drives fail over time. Especially in a, if, if you're a smoker or you've got an open fire in your house, you will go through hard drives like they're going out of fashion. Mm. Yeah, that's right. They're not sealed. No. Yeah, that's really cool. If you ever get a drive that kind of kind of works, take the perspex, take this off, put perspex on this side, put, and put it into action. That how do you awesome. easily? How are you going to easily get that that off? Just unscrew it. There's only the little. But they're screws. funny. Oh, can you get just, screwdrivers for that? Yeah, they're just Torx bits. I got mm. the one. I thought they were fun. Fu- one case of them there, and there's another case of them over there. They're oh, just okay. standard Torx bits. There's nothing special about. Oh, them. I thought the the ones I'd, I've seen on mine, I thought they were a little. They were different, even to that. No, what you just there's Torx and the secure Torx. Oh, it might have been secure talks. Secure talks are the same thing. They've just got a little hole in the center, so you've just got to yes. use the. Yeah, you can buy them anywhere. Everyone's got them. Very secure. <laughs> secure well, they talks. They were back in the like early nineties when they became a thing, and nobody someone, had them laying around. Someone bought the screwdriver out. <laughs> you can go and buy them at Survey. I bought a jeweler's kit at Survey that's got talks bits on it. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> now look, let me oh. tell you about this one. Sorry about hitting my microphone, guys. It's the first time I've moved my microphone. It's down, actually, in front of to the bench, so it's in front of me instead of hanging over the top. So every time I move, I bump the stand. It's off the light shade. <laughs> Is no, it? I'm still on it. Oh, still on the light arm. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Now, look, Maya and eBay have launched the world's first virtual reality department store. Now, Maya, uh, the concept is surprisingly simple. You put on a VR headset, iOS or Android device, and the eBay virtual reality department store app. Now, once launched, the user chooses the departments of interest they would like to browse, and a custom virtual store is built to reflect your selection. Now, look, I've got a little picture there. And guess what I bought today? Look, there's some little cardboard Google VR oh, things. Cardboard. Five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. I've got a couple laying around here somewhere. They're pretty cool, actually. Mm. They're, they're pretty neat. They're, yeah, so you're simply hovering over a certain product, you can view a 3D model and are given the option to hover over information icons, which gives you more details into full product specs, price, availability, and shipping details. Now, if you want to add it to the basket, you just have to shift your gaze to add to basket. So I don't know how it knows all this stuff. But anyway, it must. The so, whole point of the, the Google Glass is it knows that. Yeah but, this is, yeah, but this is an iPhone or an Android. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it uses all the sensors that knows. They're only you know they you know they look at you right. You know that the androids have got eye sensors in them, so they can tell when you're looking at the screen. So that when you're actually reading, you can just keep reading and it'll scroll the text automatically. Does the iOS do that? I don't know. Android's done it for three or four years now. <laughs> we had a good discussion last week, Eric and I, about the uh, the advancements of Android rather than over the advancements or the non-existent advancements of the iOS. Apple. Now, Does iOS do copy and paste yet? <laughs> no. Now, yes, they do. <laughs> Currently, there are over 12,000 products uh, providing a good range of inventory. The entire product range, pricing, and stock information will also be updated in real time, so that's pretty handy. Now, from today, uh, eBay and Maya offering customers the opportunity to receive their own shopticals. Now, specially designed virtual reality viewers to start your VR shopping experience. Now, 15,000 shopticals will be available for free of charge. So what did I do? Went straight there, didn't I? Links in the show notes. Go and see if you can get a shoptical. Now, Where are you taking, I think? 
No, well, what what I saw was when I went there. I went there like late tonight, uh, in the night, and they must only give a thousand away a day. Ah, uh, okay, that's why then. Yeah, so if you're if you're on the ball, I'd be getting in there seven a.m. apparently in the morning, and you can get a uh, a, a shoptical. There you go. So you can do some of the some of the good stuff online. But anyway, I went to eBay and bought a uh, pair of the Google ones anyway, just so I thought, well, you know, yeah, well, there's I'll those. See what I mean, there's actually VR goggles, proper goggles, and yes. available now for, and they're like forty or fifty bucks. Yeah, they're not they're not expensive, but I didn't no. I didn't want to spend forty or fifty at this stage. I just wanted to, you know, just no, dip but... my little toe in, see what it was like. So I'll dip it back out again, probably. <laughs> so if you've ever done that in VR, you know, it's a whole different experience. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be all I dip in. All right, now <laughs> now uh, we'll keep going. Have you got more? I'm sure uh, you would no have. Idea. Um, so Nokia. As we know, was once the undisputed king of the mobile phone market. Uh, and now, like, nobody's ever heard of them. Microsoft uh, bought hoping... them, didn't they? Yeah, well, that was their first mistake. Uh, but now they're hoping to regain the prestigious title. After being dominated by current market leader Samsung, Apple, Nokia sold its unprofitable phone business in 2014 for 9.9, for some bizarre reason, billion dollars to Microsoft, uh, who later dropped the brand from its luminous smartphone headset. So that was a great investment, guys. <laughs> After shifting its focus to the telecommunications infrastructure, Nokia, Nokia is ready to make its triumphant return. Ooh. <coughs> Excuse me. With its new generation of smartphones and tablets, the company said it would license its brands to newly established Finnish firm HMD Global, which uh, which was founded by former Nokia, Nokia executives, to create the new product portfolio for Google Android. The new company will create the Android headsets and tablets under the Nokia name. Uh, they've been found to provide focused independent, or HMD Global, has been found to provide focused independent home for full range of Nokia brand phones, smartphones, and tablets. As part of the process, uh, HMD Global and its Taiwanese partner, FIH Mobile, <laughs> of Foxconn fame, um, will take over Microsoft feature phone business for a $484 million. Will take over Microsoft's feature phone business. Wow, there's not enough punctuation in the sentence <laughs> for a for a I think it's supposed to be for an Australian 484 million but they've written it wrong uh, Microsoft said so they're also buying back part of their own business Nokia will be hoping to learn from its previous mistakes we saw the company betting on Microsoft's failed Windows platform <clears throat> um, it goes on say, so, but yeah it looks like they're developing new stuff um, which actually helped their shares their shares went up 2.2% as well um, good but yeah, they, it looks like they're actually going back to what they did. They made solid, reliable, high-quality phones that did the job they're supposed to do, and you never had a problem with them. You never had, you know, your phone lasted double your contract length. Yeah, it was you know everything they promised it to be, as opposed to the last ones, which just weren't anything. But um, <clears throat> so that would be interesting. See if they if they're successful mm. um, in getting back in the market. So, yes, I guess so. Now, speaking of Microsoft, just as you were <laughs> in uh, Windows 10, is Windows 10th, Windows 10 anniversary is coming up soon in our uh, spring. Now, it's uh, the anniversary update is going to arrive then. Microsoft will be increasing the number of promoted apps known as programmable tiles from 5 to 10. So that the programmable tiles are those tiles you see when you hit the start key, uh, or the yeah the Windows key. Programmable tiles are shown as part of the start menu. So when you click on the promoted app tile, you are taken to the corresponding page on Microsoft's Windows Store. 
I haven't been to the window store for a long time. But isn't there like four apps in the store? Yeah. Look, every time I go to the window store, <coughs> it's pus. And to the point where I stopped going. And I, I, to the point, cause I bought a nice little laptop slash tablet, Windows 10, so I could use it as, you know, to read a mag or do whatever. You can't, well, last time I looked, you can't do that on the, on it. There's no apps. Mm. Oh, useless. Well, I've, I've got a tablet. We've got a tablet that we're using for work for point of sale. I should have bought it home, actually. Um, it's a little, you know, eight-inch thing. Yeah, not bad. Mm. Um, you know, add-in processor and stuff. And when we got it, it had Windows 10 on it, even though I'm sure it wasn't supposed to have Windows 10. Supposed to, like, I've ended up putting Windows 7 back on it just because Windows 10 was so slow. But you go to the tablet. It's supposed to have this thing. You go into the tablet feature. You click on that. And you would think that makes Windows 10 really nice to work on a tablet. But mm. when you turn on the tablet feature of Windows 10, it destroys the tablet functionality of Windows 10. <laughs> none mm. of the pinch and zoom, none of the, the swipes, nothing works properly once you actually enable the tablet functionality. Yeah, well, I don't think mine works pretty good. I don't. I haven't probably really tried all this pinch and zoom business, but uh, yeah, it works okay as the as a tablet. Um, <laughs> this I've, thing was just too underpowered. Like it, it, mm. it only had two gig of RAM, and oh, it, it works yeah. perfectly fine on Windows 7. But Windows 10, like. To, you load Chrome and you'd wait five minutes for it to load a, a you know load up Chrome and load the site. So it's rubbish. I'm getting sick of Chrome too. Just quietly. Really? <laughs> yes, it's. I love um, it. Oh, look. Sometimes I find for some reason, like you know, if I'm changing what I do, you know, change the DNSs around for domains and all this sort of stuff, or the name servers and all this sort of stuff, I find like you do it and you reload the site up on Chrome. And for some reason, it it it's, you know it holds on to the old name servers, but then you 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 bung it into Firefox, and as long as a bit of propagation's happened, it's pretty right. I, and I can't seem to flush the Chrome out of I just, I've tried everything. I can't seem to do it. So, but that and I keep getting these strange <clears throat> errors, you know, on Chrome when I'm Are you using Chrome or Canary. Because <laughs> Canary is a sixty-four bit version of Chrome. Because Chrome's still only thirty-two bit. Well, I'll tell you. I am using. I'm pretty sure I'm using the uh, 64 bit. Uh, you go help about. Help about doesn't say. It does. Google Chrome. Get help with using Chrome under that version. I'll get help with using Chrome. Under that. Under that. Yep. It says version should say if you're using Canary, it'll be version five two zero two seven four one. I'm using five o dot o dot two six six one dot one o two m. And beside that, does it say anything? No. Okay, you're using the standard Chrome. You're not using Canary. Right. Okay. So that's going to be not helping your memory situation. Well, I might have a look into that. I thought I was on the 64-bit, you know? <laughs> Bear in mind that Canary is, I mean, I know Chrome's in beta as well, but Canary is, um, occasionally they'll release an update that breaks it, but they usually, uh, it's only usually only for a couple of hours. Is Chrome like, in beta? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, Google. Hello. Like Gmail. Gmail. Like Gmail. <laughs> Gmail is no, technic- it came out. You, no, you can turn the beta logo back on. <laughs> I know it's actually not in beta, but you can turn the beta logo back on in Gmail. <laughs> right, good stuff. I don't know if Chrome... I, I know Canary is still in, in beta. I don't know if Chrome is still is. I'll look that up, actually. Well, you can look that up, and I'll tell you about... More than 100 million LinkedIn credentials have been spotted for sale. Now, these came back. The, the, these seem to be hacked back in 2012. So the story's reared its head again because it was reported, uh, this initial story come from a place called Motherboard, which reported it was contacted by someone going by the name of Peace. 
not too much peace for LinkedIn, I don't think, after this, but who said he was selling the data on an illegal marketplace called The Real Deal for five bitcoins or equivalent to $2,200. Now, there's 117 million credentials uh, came from a lot from the larger 167 million dump of accounts that were supposedly grabbed uh, in 2012 by the LinkedIn hack. So apparently this is a bit, bit of a process or a bit of a thing that is that is normally done by hackers. Like they'll initially grab, in this case, 167 million. They've released, what, 40 million or 50 million. So they've released 50 million. And uh, they've held on to 177 million for you know when 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 the when the going gets tough, you know. The, so obviously the old piece going's got a bit tough. Needs a few few bit of coins. Needs to eat. So he's decided he'd let the, another 117 million go for 2200. Pretty cheap, I reckon, uh, for all those email addresses. So now Tom Beardsley, it's a good name, isn't it, Beardsley? Uh, security researcher manager for Rapid7 uh, said the most valuable data in the LinkedIn compromise may not be the passwords, but the enormous registry of email addresses connected to working professionals. Spammers rely on accurate, active email addresses to target, and the low price tag of five bitcoins is likely to generate significant industry. I'm sure it will. If you if you want to get your product out there via spam, at twenty two hundred is not a very big price to pay for one hundred seventeen million, you know, Richie Dig email accounts. It's pretty good. Might buy it, go and buy it. Uh, all right. Did you find what you were looking for? From what I can tell, I just been to the Google the Chrome website. From what I can tell, it's uh, still in beta. Because when you click on it, it says try out Google Chrome beta. Google Chrome beta lets you play the newest Chrome features. Download Chrome beta now. I love betas. <laughs> so, from what I can gather, unless I'm missing something, it's still in beta. All right. Um, and I was just reading statistics on it. Actually, it's the uh, what was it? What was the reading? It's the on um, desktops. It is sixty point one percent of all internet usage, wow. and on mobile bro- on mobile browsers, it's forty five percent. So it's definitely the browser of choice. Although you can use the new Firefox one if you want to change your uh, change your um, browser, DNS on the, uh, your not DNS. Um, what they just implement? Uh, your VPS. They implemented the VPS into Firefox apparently. Right. Oh, right. I only just read that today. A VPS or uh, VPN? VP, virtual VPN, virtual private network. Yeah. So you right. can change where your yeah you can spoof your uh, location. <laughs> Um, I don't nice. know. Um, I haven't looked into it. I only just read about it before on my Facebook. I haven't even had a chance to read about it yet. So if you're one of those fake Facebook accounts and you really want to get up someone, just uh, yeah, spoof your VP, spoof your IP address. Does that work? Facebook. Will... I don't see why not. Yeah. Well, speaking of Google, they're going to uh, phase out Flash by the end of the year. They really uh, have. Well, apparently not all all over the show. <laughs> So, really? Yeah, the decision follows a, mo- a move among other tech companies, as we as we probably would have covered over the past couple of years, to avoid the persistent security risks posed by Flash. We know, famously, I suppose, Steve Jobs said, "No more Flash for you." Oh, heaps ages ago, and like he's he's been gone for four years. 
Well, sorry. Now, Facebook abandoned Flash in videos such as Facebook newsfeed and on Facebook pages in December 2015, switching instead to HTML5. Most most places have gone to HTML5. However, the, the um, it, Facebook does still continue to use Flash for its games. So, Amazon announced in July 2015 it would re- replace Adobe Flash and Microsoft Silverlight. There's still things hanging around on Silverlight. I think the Foxtel Go does Silverlight. Yeah, it does. I had to install Silverlight when I tried that. Hmm. So, oh. yeah. So, um, so they've... Seriously, I installed Silverlight. No, it's uh, Oprah. Sorry, I was just reading. Oprah is the first big web browser with built-in VPN. Um, she got a lot of money, browser. Huh. Um, Yeah, Silverlight, when I installed that on my Foxtel, uh, to watch Foxtel, my boot time actually increased by three seconds. Right. Really? I installed Silverlight, yeah. Now, YouTube switched to HTML5 as its, as its default player in January 2015. Netflix which previously used Silverlight instead of Flash until 2013, switched from Silverlight to HTML5. Now, what else did I say? Researchers reported an increasing number of Flash vulnerabilities. Well, that's, we all know that. Uh, such as through serving malware on infected websites, so blah, blah, blah. Chrome will grant a one-year extension to the top 10 websites that use Flash. So uh, this will to reduce the initial user impact. Well, that's nice of them. So the top 10 websites would include, for that if you were interested, is YouTube, Facebook, Yahoo, VK.com. What the hell is VK.com? Top 10? Do I want to go there and see? Well, it's a top 10. Let's have a look. Top 10 what, though? I don't know. VK. Welcome to VK. VK is the largest European social network with more than 100 million active users. Gee, it's not like Facebook at all, is it? It looks exactly the same as Facebook. <laughs> The nice. screenshots are identical to Facebook with a big VK in the corner instead of the Facebook logo. Lo- love their work. <laughs> love their work. Now, VKLive.com. Yep. Yandrex.ru. I don't even want to type in an RU address. That's, yeah, I was going to say it's Russian. Who knows what you're going to get out of that? Oh, that would probably be the same sort of thing. Uh, I'll type I'll it in. Let's have a look. I start typing it in and it comes up in, in Chrome already, so it knows about it. Yandex.ru. It's going to be really slow. Yeah, it's all in Russian, surprisingly. But it uh, looks like a news site from what I can see. Yeah, it is. It's like a newspaper or a news site. Yeah. News. I wonder Google if they read from left to right, because it looks like it's right to left. But No, that's Arabic. But then, it, but th- that's really weird, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, okay. So, Yandrex, OK.ru. What's OK.ru? That's a, I'm pretty sure that's like a Facebook thing. I think I've seen this one. In Australia. Yeah. OK.ru in Australia is Are You OK? <laughs> Remember, isn't that no. something you just go and ask everyone? Uh, it's, twi- it's, a, it's basically like, um, what's that feed um, uh, that everyone uses? Not Facebook, that. Twitter? What's, no, what's the one that's like just continuous? It's like Google Plus page almost, where it's just one continuous feed. Well, I don't know. What's, is it Force? I'm going to say Foursquare, but that's not right. Uh, Twitch is another one. Amazon dot com and Mail are you? Jeez, there's a few rushkies in there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well they've just discovered Flash, so yeah, <laughs> they've probably only just figured it out this year. Oh, exception for a while. Last week, Adobe patched a critical vulnerability. Ah, surprise, surprise! There's a patch every five seconds. Um, okay, Will, anything more there from you? Um, I literally just put that um, Oprah, yeah, Oprah developer browser. 
which has the built-in VPN. I've just put it on my Facebook, so glad for the show, Glenn. I'll go there and put that on the uh, on the Aussie Tech Head one, so you can go there and have a look at that. Um, but <clears throat> seriously, if you if you want to do a VPN, um, well, use theirs because well, it's free. Hmm. Uh, but uh, that just caught my eye. Um, there's a oh, what was that? There's a well, most of the stories I had picked, somebody already did. Oh, um, who would that be? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, I've got. In- I got two more. It's it's interesting now. Remember a while back there was this big bash like bash like what the hell's a bash like? <laughs> that, that's a backlash after five stubbies. <laughs> or oh, no sleep. One of the two. Um, Uber was getting, you know, getting ripped apart by people saying they're crap and they're going to die and they need to go away and then blah 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 mm. blah and well. Congratulations! They're now legal in just about every state now, except South Australia, I believe, because Western yes. Australia's just passed it. I think Melbourne's had um, a bit of a go. Yep, Canberra they're legal, mm. um, and South Australia was holding up. I think they've just done it as well, and it's legal in Queensland. And what's I mean, <clears throat> they've balanced it well because obviously they've changed the licensing structure now, so taxis haven't got to pay stupid amounts of money, and they're getting rebates and blah 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 blah. But what I found funny about Uber was just about every Uber driver I've spoken to was either a taxi driver or a taxi owner. And are they better are they better off oh, heaps better. Yeah, They're, really. Because they literally they don't handle the money. Like mm. there's there's no cash. It's all done on card. Mm. And they they deliver the the, the reason there's no cash is so that they can't do a cashy job. Well, they can do cashy jobs, but they can't, you know, it's not part of their service. Yeah. So you, you rock up, you get catch your Uber from wherever you're going to wherever you're going, you swipe your card, you pay for it, done. The taxi driver's finished with that transaction. At the end of the week, all his transactions get tallied and he gets his share automatically into his bank account and that's it. It's done. He hasn't got to worry about anything else. Uber takes care of everything else. Hmm, and uh, is it's good. just so much less stress, less hassle. Hmm. Um, and you know, you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd bet $10 that someone at some stage would have went to the taxi companies and said, how about we do something like this? They did. Yeah, not like Uber, but how about we do like something like have an app? When, this, when Uber started in San Fran and over in the States, California, I'm sure it's where it started. Um, I'll have to look into that, but it just sounds like something. That yeah, it's over start. there. Yeah, it's over there <laughs> um, but when it started up, I we deal with a few taxi companies through work. And every single one of them, we bitched and complained that it was going to destroy them. I said, well, do something about it. Don't just sit on your ass and complain about it. Mm. Either transition over to it and embrace it or do something constructive and and make it, you know, a fair playing field. And uh, for the last five years, it's nearly been four or five years, they've done nothing but complain. And I actually hadn't seen one of the taxi guys for ages because I've been stuck in the office. But I went went and I did deliver it to him the other day. And he goes... He's talking about Uber, and I said, what did I tell you five years ago? He goes, yeah, 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 I know, I know, but guess what we're doing now? We're converting all our taxis from black and white to Uber. Mm. So now the taxi companies are actually becoming Uber yeah. because it's such a better, much better system. <laughs> well, that's what happens. That's what happens. Now, look, if you're ever in a taxi and you see some funky writing scratched into the back of the seat by a Chinese Don't ring man, the number. <laughs> well, Trust be, me, don't ring the number. <laughs> you'll be able to translate it much oh, more easier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because it might be in Chinese scroll, but you'll be able to understand what it is. Now, there's a tap to translate. It's a new feature that will appear anytime you highlight some text in a foreign mm. language. Now, you've probably already got this. You've got Android. Yeah, we've had it for a while. 
another something else. So <clears throat> when you need to just see when you where where you suggest copy and paste, you'll now see a translate bubble similar to the Facebook Messenger. Now you tap it, and the Google Translator will offer its best guess at what it was said in the in the in your native tongue. Now it runs on 103 languages on any phone that uses Jelly Bean or Later. And should you be happy to work with any app that allows you know like to blah blah blah. Now on top of that, the uh, the latest update now offers offers offline mode in iOS. Oh, okay, must be I'll have to download it's that and a, look. Yeah, and installs a big library basically. Yep. And introduces photographic photographic recognition for simplified and traditional Chinese. That's pretty good. Look, they've got a demo uh, on the site there and yeah, if it works like the demo. I, sh- I should clarify, there's good. been a few uh, apps that have done that. I don't think it's been although the my favorite one is the Google 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 Glasses or Google Goggles. Google that go- is amazing. If you're trying to find something obscure, like we get some really weird random battery numbers and stuff off some of our customers, I literally just take a photo of it and stick the phone in my pocket, talk to the customer for a couple of minutes, take the phone in my pocket and go, oh, you're after that one. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's great. So I what's that? It. Google goggles. Google goggles. You basically take a photo of something. So I'm going to take a photo of my screen where I've got some stories up there. Yeah. And then what it'll do, it'll go through and it'll analyze that. And then what it will do is you'll see now, I don't know if you can see it, but the story I did was Virgin Mobile backup after outage. Yeah. And it suggested a news link, Virgin Mobile news link about the outage. So whatever you take a photo of, like if I pick, um, here we go, here's a Panasonic HD multi. Yeah, let's use search by taking pictures. Yeah, so if I take a photo of that, which I don't know if it'll see because it's pretty dark. Let's see how good, no, it's not a bad camera, this. Panasonic HD. There we go. So it's taking me. It's opened up a link to an accessory site where I can buy accessories for my webcam. Yeah, that's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fantastic. It does it on normal. You can set it to do it on every photo you take too. And I have mm. it. I was just playing with it the other day, and I have it turned on. And every photo I took of myself or Sonia or anyone I regularly encounter, it tagged. It automatically tagged them because it got them out of my Facebook profile. Right. Okay. So it automatically tags everybody if you if you want it to. Yeah. Um, yeah. It automatically tags everybody in that photo and the location of that photo and anything that's around you. Like if there's a business that recognises it, puts the street address in and all this information. That's pretty good. Yeah. We're just. I know you can't see. But we're just watching a little video now as you as you speak. And there's a guy just taking a photo and he's waiting. He's on an iOS. So well, it looks like an iOS. That wouldn't be a three, would it? Can't be. Oh, I doubt it. But anyway, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I'm, I'll have to look at that up. Good stuff. Good work. Now, did you have any more or do we want to um, finish up? Um, something that's actually good news, we'll, we'll bag in Telstra before, but to give them props, they are kind of occasionally doing the right thing. Telstra will uh, live stream um, the netball. So Telstra will complete will compete with Optus on live swap but broadcast by adding the National Netball League to its digital rights stable. With the Chelsea TV also able, also due to break the 200,000 user mark, um, it's announced that it's purchased the broadcast rights to the Australian Netball League for the, for the next five years with the plan to live stream every game across mobile Telstra devices as well as two games each week. Um, so obviously, it's, uh, it's available to everybody, not only Telstra customers, although it will be metered on paid subscriptions for non-Telstra customers. So if you're a Telstra customer, and this is just the first of their... Uh, the first of their rollout of this implementation. But if you're a Telstra customer, you can watch, in this case, the netball streaming 24-7 live um, 
on your phone with unmetered data. Um, and they're doing this. They're, they're getting uh, the AFL. They're looking at getting the AFL and the NRL as well. So this um, is the Telstra app or the Telstra? This is Telstra. Well, you can thing. do that now. Yeah, but they're looking at changing it. Um, like at the moment, obviously, there's there's a lot of paid um, subscriptions and stuff like that. But they're looking at seeing what they can do with the with a free service as well. Well, with my Telstra um, plan, um, yeah, with that, you, if you're with Telstra, it's free. That's, yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but with the, they're looking at doing like they're they're saying, okay, well, <clears throat> other we can't do anything about the um, charges on another device like the bandwidth charges because hmm. that's going to be handled by whatever provider you're through. But at the moment, from what I can understand, I can't test it because I've only got Telstra phones, but from what I can understand, if you're on another network, you have to pay to get those. Yeah, I think you so. You have to subscribe to those services. Yes. But what they're looking at doing to give them the up over Optus, who is also doing the same sort of thing, but it looks like Telstra is saying, well, okay, we're going to stream them for free. You're still out of pocket for the data, but we're going to start streaming it for free. Well, they so, might regardless. as well. They might well, well it depends on well some of them aren't on Channel Nine but uh, that's that's all crazy. The thing I don't like about it is uh, it streams to your phone but you can't push it to the TV anyway. So you can. no, you can't. You can. No, you if can't. You've got Android. If you've got Android, you can. Can you? Yeah. Hmm. You know a thing called a Chromecast that's basically an Android phone. Yeah, but the you can't push it on iOS anyway. You've no, got on an Android. You can. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can put it on my PC. I can put it on my TV. Right. I can stream it to multiple devices from my phone because, and the other neat part is, if I use my phone as a hotspot, any device connected to my phone is connected to the Telstra mobile network, so they're able to connect to it. All right. Well, on that note, we'll uh, we'll go to my last story now. If you're under eighteen, and it's not nine o'clock, right, I'm going. Home. You're not allowed <laughs> to. You're not allowed to listen to this next story, right? So now, look, everyone know everyone needs to lose a bit of weight. All right, here and there, everyone's a bit podgy. What are you trying to say? Everyone's a bit podgy. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but so anyway, so you know, it hasn't gone unnoticed, and there's a, there's a new mob. There's a mob out there. Uh, I don't know who their names are. Probably oh, Pornhub. That's who they are. Yeah. Now they got they bought an app out called Bangfit. Now it's yep. a, it's a mobile based. You, you know about this, Will? I'm, I think I'm reading the same. I just <laughs> popped up in my stream, ironically. <laughs> Okay, so it's uh, an interactive fitness program. Now you are, uh, well, it goes on to say, this is the Corey Price, VP of Pornhub. Today, due to our hectic work schedules and lack of motivation, many of us do not receive regular amounts of physical activity and lead sedentary lifestyles. Here at Pornhub, we know from experience that there's one activity people are always motivated to do and one for which they are never too busy. That's getting busy. Uh, hang on. <laughs> It depends on what exactly what you're doing on Pornhub. It usually means you're not. <laughs> no, but the the BangFit um, the app it will let you play with one player. Oh, well, that's all right. Then. So it does work. Man, one... I'm going to lead the way I'm <laughs> That's look. I've got a picture. I'm trying to load it, but the website's actually. So now, everyone on the audio is now going. Damn, should be watching the video. <laughs> now, <laughs> and I'll tell you what: if you get a chance, watch the YouTube video. It is hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. 
Okay, so first you select a number of players. You have the mm-hmm. choice of one, two, or three, then gender, and then sync the website game with your smartphone. From there, the sexercizer attaches the smartphone to the BangFit waistband that looks like an erotic bum bag where the phone <laughs> can record your movements via motion sensors. Now the so pro- it's got to be it's got to be active then. It can't be it can't just be. <laughs> you got you you got to be the be, one. It doing, can't be lazy. <laughs> no, you got to be the one getting busy. <laughs> now the program shows users their stats, and <laughs> I wonder how deep that I should use that terminology, <laughs> should I? <laughs> What's it using probes or something? I always use the wrong terminology, but I wonder how. There is no correct terminology. No, there isn't. In situation. I'll just re- I'll just have to rephrase it like this. I wonder how in depth those stats go. Like you know, d- like to to what does that actually count? <laughs> so anyway, I'm actually just trying to find. You go to there. You can go to bang bang dot fit, and you can go to the uh, the page that's got all the information on it. That's it's so slow. I think everybody in the world's looking at it at the moment. Um, it's got some information on it there. Um, it. Combines the cardio of Zumba, the intensity of CrossFit, and the flexibility of yoga, apparently. Yeah, nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I need to read some more books, I think. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm still stuck on the... What am I still stuck on? I'm still stuck on the goggle thing on my browser. Yeah, it is slow, Will. Yeah, um, it's... I, I, I really think... Like, um, I think everybody's, like, going to that website because it is so bad. Oh, here we go. It's now currently okay. offline because the site uses Cloudflare always online technology. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> this page, in brackets, bangfit, bang.fit, is currently offline. However, because the site uses Cloudflare always online technology, you can continue to surf to a snapshot of the site. Well, it's not really always on, is it? Not if it's off. Not if it's telling you it's offline. We will keep checking the background, and as soon as the site <laughs> comes back, you'll automatically be served the live version. Okay. Well, so I'll, I've I've got in. It's a one player, two player, or three player. I can't even do the cloud flare review. Okay, we try a live version. All right. Well, anyway, we oh here we go. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> that just sent me straight to Pornhub. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, don't don't click on the yellow button. That's oh, bad. No, I did. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <The> viewers. <laughs> bit of a bit of a surprise there for the viewers. Now, uh, I can. It's actually loaded up on mine. If I can share my screen, if you want. Oh, I'm not that interested. Um, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, you go to the smartphone. Click on click on the thing next. Okay, let's click on next. So you're on the MBN wheel. That's why you go straight through. You get you get preference to us. Plebs. <laughs> no, so, but anyway, anyway, you get the idea. The um, the program shows use the stats. Participants can share their information on social media. Woo-hoo! According to a rather funny promotional video. Okay, yeah. So, see above. Yeah, okay. Show notes: AussieTechHeads.com.au forward slash podcast. Go and see the show notes <laughs> where you'll be able to see uh, links to all the stories that we have done tonight, including that one and the video apparently, which Will says is rather funny. So go and do that. It's interesting. Get your mum and dad's permission. It reminds me of something that you'd watch in like fifth grade sex ed. Like it's it's all done with like stick figures and and pastels. Right. Oh, look, we're up. There we go. Bangfit. I'm actually, I'm currently going to, on my phone, bangfit.mobi. Let's see what happens there. Anyway, that's enough. (laughs) It's not not that exciting. Okay, so. Reckon? (laughs) That's the most exciting story we've had tonight, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, the video look, it does look pretty funny. All right, okay, so that's it. Let's uh, get out of here. 
Okay, thanks, Will. All thanks right. for coming in. And oh, uh, no it's been uh, it's, oh look, it's uh, it's been a rather long show t- uh, this week. That's my fault. No, no. Send me an email and complain. You know you want to go on. No, it's long, as in we started late. Yes, but it's long as well. As I said, that's my fault. I'm I'm a shocker. I don't shut up. So no, that's fine. So okay, so cool. So don't forget the AussieTechRadio.com. Uh, if you can go to the website to find out how to tune in, but the easiest way, grab your TuneIn Radio app, which is on Windows everywhere. Ten, eight, uh, iOS, Android. What's this you got here? What's this? They got the same error on their mobile site. <laughs> yeah, it's Bang getting cloud. smashed. Or is it cloud, cloud flares currently exploded. Please try again later. <laughs> <laughs> it's get, yeah, it's getting smashed. All right. So, uh, yeah, so cool. If you've got anything you want to tell us, you can email me at glenn at aussietechers.com.au or you can Twitter me at Glenn Goodman or at Aussie Techers or Twitter Will at Mr. Tomkinson. Uh, if you've got any comments, suggestions or, or failures, about the show we'd also like to hear about those as well uh leave a review on itunes if you like the show if you didn't don't <laughs> just go on your merry way all right but i suppose then you wouldn't be listening that this far into it so you wouldn't be hearing this anyway if you didn't like it all right so good so screw you yeah <laughs> ah, yes okay well thanks for that we'll see you again soon and no uh, we'll hopefully be heard by you guys again soon as well. So until next time and whenever that may be, have fun and uh, bang fit. Bye-bye. <laughs>